lifetime keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain praise be to god it is good to be on with you this morning you have made it. It is Friday. Praise be to God. Hopefully and prayerfully, you'll have a uh, great weekend this weekend, peaceful weekend. I certainly hope uh, and excited. It's uh, first Friday, which means tomorrow's first Saturday as well. And uh, we're going to go to Holy Mass. Praise be to God for that. But hopefully we'll sleek, uh, sneak in uh, a couple of extra winks, right? Some sleep because whew, it builds up by Friday. We're like pretty tired on the show. So I'm, I always... I'm always looking forward to a nap over the weekend. Boy, I feel old when I say that. But we're going to have a great show today. Uh, Kennedy Hall is going to rejoin our program today. He is with the uh, Fatima Center. Uh, you know, reading his tweets, I, I think over the past several months, but in particular more recently, it's just sad. Sad to read his tweets about the situation in Canada. You know, the continued lockdowns, the continued... Uh, hype and hysteria and we decided we'd reach out to him see if we can get him back on the program to kind of get a sense of what is going on in canada these days like he posted a tweet the other day he was in niagara falls on the on the canada side and he's looking over the border to the american side and he's seeing everybody like living life going back to air quotes normal and on the canadian side it's like a desolation it's just sad and dreary. So we've invited Kennedy Hall to be on the program again today to tell us about the story in Canada, what is going on there. Is there any hope? And uh, we'll have that coming up in the guest segment. In the What's Concerning Us segment, there's breaking news out to this morning. Cardinal Marx of Germany has offered his resignation to uh, His Holiness Pope Francis, we'll be, we'll, we will be talking about that in the What's Concerning Us section, as well as a bunch of other stories that I have from the headline news. All of that coming up in this hour. If you can join us, we would love to have you for at least some or all of it, if possible. But the team is here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning. You've reached Friday, your official, yes. your first official week. My first official week. On the team, and uh, it's Friday. How do you feel? I want a nap, but exactly. I'm feeling good. It's yes. Friday. I'm feeling good. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, I think it's going to be a 30-ouncer day. Of 30 all, ounce? 30 ounces of coffee. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes today. Speaking of waking up, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it's good to be here. And, uh, you know, I was able to go to Mass yesterday for the Feast of Corpus Christi. So that was wonderful. Very beautiful Mass. And Father gave a great homily. I was very, um, it was very, we didn't get it to do a procession. We usually do, you know, Eucharistic processions for the Feast of Corpus Christi, but they had to cancel the procession because of the rain, so they processed around the church. Uh, but you know, the, my favorite thing about Corpus Christi is that that is the Mass that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote. Wow. Yep. Really? So, mm-hmm. so if you go to the Cor- Feast of Corpus Christi, uh, the sequence that's prayed there and all the prayers, uh, that are composed that is unique to the Mass of Corpus Christi was uh, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Praise be to God. That's amazing. Uh, what an opportunity. 
Well, uh, there's going to be a bunch we're going to jump into. I think Bree Dale's going to join us in the What's Concerning Us section to figure out what is going on with Cardinal Marx. Why is he resigning? What does this all mean? Will the Holy uh, Father accept his resignation? That's coming up in the What's Concerning Us section. Of course, we're going to have breaking news and stories with Janelle, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a Gospel Reflection brought to you in part by verboom.com forward slash grn. We've been using the Verboom tool to uh, look at the commentaries and look at the gospel of the day. And it is such an, I I love the tool. It it makes it so easy to have everything in one place, everything cross-referenced, digitally linked together. So everything syncs up. It's just, it's just really cool and slick. I think I may put out a video demonstrating to you. I think I may send that to our email list. By the way, I did send an email yesterday and uh, with a unique piece of content on uh, my number one secret to staying married for 21 plus years. Uh, so I, that came out in the email. If you if you get that in your inbox, you'll be able to enjoy that piece of content. If you didn't, you need to be on the email list. And the way to jump on our email list is signing up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, we're going to jump into it. Uh, this week, we are going to pray uh, to the Sacred Heart, because it's the month of the Sacred Heart. So whatever your intentions are, uh, your guardian angel knows what they are. But if you're hanging out on a live video feed, feel free to comment there as well. But let's pray for whatever your need. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessing abundantly upon thy church, upon thy supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just Convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle A. Taking a look at the headlines today, AOC says we can lower violent crime if we stop building prisons. I think I'll just leave it at that. In other news, opposition decries hostage video as Belarus airs confession of detained journalist. From the church militant, science shows communion on tongue kneeling safest during COVID crisis. A groundbreaking study is smashing the widespread misconception that administering Holy Communion on the hand is safer than dispensing the sacred host on the tongue. The COVID-19 regulations forcing faithful Catholics to receive the body of Christ on the hand have been enforced by overzealous bishops and priests against the best available scientific evidence. Contrary to the prevailing consensus among Catholic bishops, receiving communion on the tongue and in the kneeling position is scientifically the safest and most hygienic method, which is unlikely to incur a high risk of infection transmission, the new research shows. To further reduce the risk of infection transmission, it is also recommended that the priest faces the altar and prohibits lay Eucharistic ministers from giving communion during the pandemic for safety. LifeSite News says, breaking news, New Jersey Bishop hospitalized after taking COVID vaccine. Bishop David M. O'Connell has been hospitalized for blood clots just months after he was shown in a local newspaper taking and promoting the COVID vaccine. Thousands of side effect cases similar to this have been reported in the United States through the VAERS database, leading to recent research showing that the coronavirus spike protein in the shots unexpectedly enters the bloodstream, creating these adverse events. A Canadian cancer vaccine researcher said in an interview that we made a big mistake in pushing the COVID vaccines. 
With his peer-reviewed and scientifically backed studies, he describes how a big question on the injection remains whether we will be rendering young people infertile. With the database showing 1% to 10% of side effects cases, 4,200 deaths and nearly 15,000 hospitalizations associated with COVID-19 injections have been reported in the United States, such as instances of thrombosis, lung clots, and other cardiovascular problems. From the Epic Times, BLM St. Paul founder who, set, who quit says Black Lives Matter is racist against black children over charter schools. The founder of a BLM chapter in St. Paul, Minnesota, said the left-wing organization engages in a form of racism because it opposes school choice. Rashard Turner, who left BLM, released a video on May 26th saying he learned the ugly truth about how the group operates and claimed that they had little concern for rebuilding black families and they cared even less about improving the quality of education for students in Minneapolis. In a June 2nd interview with Fox News, he said BLM publicly signaled opposition to charter schools, which, according to him, was a direct attack on black families and on black children. Black Lives Matter has been co-opted by teachers unions, specifically at the national level. The American Federation of Teachers and here locally in Minnesota, Education Minnesota, Turner said. These teacher unions own the Democrats. They own BLM and teachers unions. In my opinion, they kill our children's hopes and dreams. So if we're thinking about black children doing what's best for black families, we have to start with education. Thank you for listening. And those are your headline news for this Friday morning. The saint of the day is Blessed Stanislav Koska. He was born on, uh, on the 11th of May, 1895 in Usrobena, Parkarpaki, uh, Poland, which uh, there's a lot of Polish and German names in this, uh, this saint of the day. So here we go. He graduated high school in 1914 and studied law at the Jagiellonian University in Krakow, Poland. But his studies were interrupted by the start of the World War of World War One. He was a soldier and officer in the Austrian army. He helped found the Polish army in 1918. He fought in the Polish-Ukrainian War of 1918 to 1919. Fought, he fought in the Polish-Russian War of 1920, rising to the rank of captain and receiving decorations for bravery. Returning to civilian life with exceptional organization and people skills, he studied agriculture and in 1921 took over management of a 1,000-acre farm. He was known for ensuring his people were paid fairly and had medical coverage. He was married to Maria Therese Spetska in 1921. The family went to daily mass and spent largely on, on charity, food for the poor, and Catholic social activities. Not content with checkbook charity, he visited and helped the poor and orphans regardless of nationality or religion. He supported the Marian congregation, Catholic action, and pilgrimages to Jasnagora and the study of Catholic social doctrine. He worked to create better working conditions and cooperation between farms to promote agricultural production. He was arrested with his brother uh, Marian by invading Russian troops in November 1939. They escaped in Debni Lazkovetsky, but Marian was recaptured, sent to the Russian interior, and was never heard from again. Stanislav was captured by German troops and sent to the Nazi concentration camp at Dachau, Germany, for the crime of being a Catholic leader. He was martyred on the 13th of April 1941 in Dachau, Germany, and was beatified on the 13th of June 1999 by Pope John Paul II. 
And a uh, little known fact is John Paul II wanted to take the name Pope Stanislav uh, when he was writing to the uh, Roman pontiff. Pope uh, Blessed Stanislav Koska, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, the gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12, verses 35 to 37. As Jesus was teaching in the temple area, he said, How do the scribes claim that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? The great crowd heard this with delight. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah will be greater than David himself. Now, this was an interesting little uh, passage because there's some nuance here that if you're not paying attention, you might miss this. But when we dive deep into all the commentaries, thanks to verboom.com forward slash GRN, it actually makes it very easy to do that. Uh, and there's a host of uh, commentaries that, uh, that we look at here. But uh, in this particular passage, Jesus is trying to call to mind in the mind of this great audience who listened with delight, according to the passage, that the Messiah is not going to be just some mere human being, some earthly uh, ruler that will throw out the Romans and make the good times roll again. That is not the point to the Messiah's coming. Yes, he would be from the lineage of David. Yes, he would, uh, you know, obviously be Lord, but he is more than just that. He is, as the commentary, a Catholic commentary said, the Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord, Adonai, uh, that uh, the Messiah uh, of David, to whom the psalm was attributed, calls the Messiah his Lord. Then the Messiah is assuredly more than the son of David. This is important fact because it points to his divinity. It points to his divinity, as the Ignatius Catholic Commentary would point out, that they overlooked this crucial point. They overlooked the messiahship of the lordship of David's son. You know, and it's interesting because the very first person ever to be called the son of, of God is in reference to the Lord telling David in the book of Samuel that his son would be the son of God. His son would rule with an iron fist. His son would be that Messiah. And it's a powerful realization because it should inform you. If Jesus is in fact God, what does that mean for your life and everything he taught? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If he is in fact who he says and he claims he is, this ought to transform your life and the way you think and the way you act and the decisions that you make. Me too, by the way. Chew on that today. We come back from this break. Bree Dale is going to be on to talk about Cardinal Marks resigning. What's up with that? We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Friday. We're very excited about that. Uh, Kennedy Hall is going to be on our program later in about 10 or 20 minutes from now. Um, we're going to be asking him about the current situation in Canada. Uh, we've had him on in the past. I don't know. Maybe it was a couple of months ago now. I'm not sure. Um, you can find that interview on our YouTube page, by the way. Just search for Catholic Drive Time, and then you can find it in our library there. But he'll be on to uh, to update us. But joining us right now uh, from Rome is Bree Dale, host of Intersections. And uh, there's a breaking story out today that uh, Cardinal Reinhard Marx, 67-year-old Archbishop of Munich, is uh, has offered his resignation to Pope Francis, and we want to get the latest on that. So Bree Dale's with us. Good morning to you, Bree. Good morning. Can you hear me? Praise be to God. We can hear you. Now I see you. Uh, now for those that are listening on radio, you're not going to be able to know where she is or what she's doing. Is we should have a like a, a segment. Where in the world is Bree Dale? But right now <laughs> she is on a walk, apparently on the streets of Rome, and behind her I can see all the way in the distance there the the dome of St. Peter's Basilica. So busy, beautiful day it looks like in the Eternal City. Uh, we appreciate yes. you taking some time to be on with us. Absolutely. So, you know, Joe, what uh, what has been reported this morning uh, coming to the press pool in German and then in English, which I shared online to my Twitter pages and my Facebook pages is, and also Instagram actually, is uh, the, the big breaking news that Cardinal Reinhard Marx out of Munich, Ger Germany, has offered his resignation to Pope Francis. We don't know whether or not yet, um, I've not been able to verify whether or not the Pope has accepted his resignation, but as you know, um, Cardinal Marx and his, his Cardinal Casper have been both very outspoken progressive, um, have been the, the proponents of the what is known as the Synodal Way coming out of Germany, which has caused a lot of confusion on who has authority. Is it the local churches who inform the, the Pope or is it the Pope who makes the final decision? And that has been going on for the, for the past, uh, I would say, six or seven years. Um, but really in the last year, there's been a lot of conflict. Uh, so we're not 100% sure uh, what has sparked this today. However, we do know that there is an ongoing investigation into sex abuse cover-up um, in Germany uh, that has brought forth uh, some pretty big names, um, an archbishop in, in Germany as well as um, some uh, auxiliary bishops have been named in uh, potential cover-up. And we know that uh, Pope Francis has just made it very clear in canon law that uh, individuals who have been involved with very pro-body type situations who are bishops, um, uh, you know, face a canonical censorship, uh, possibly being, um, you know, deposed 
uh, losing their their rights as cardinals, for example, their voting rights, all of that. So um, this is a really big development, and it's ongoing. But um, you know, Cardinal uh, Cardinal Marx makes it really clear that uh, he he believes that the 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 path forward for the church uh, currently he believes that the church is, as he said, quote, in a dead end, and that he believes that the path forward is accountability to the sex abuse crisis of leaders, but also the synodal path. So. Um, not quite sure what that means, uh, as we see the the ongoing back and forth between Germany and um, Rome. Joe. Wow, uh, Brie Dale is our guest. She is the host of Intersections, by the way. You can uh, hang out with her on her live video stream of that show every Monday, 8 a.m. Central across the GRN on Facebook, YouTube, and elsewhere, or listen to the radio side of the program on, on GRN as well. Uh, we're talking to Brie about the Cardinal Marx situation here. Now, now Brie, um, in this, it seems like I'm reading this article that's published by Catholic News Agency, but his actual resignation letter can now be read as well. But it seems I, like it's really just focused on the abuse situation there the, over the past 10 years. However, I, is there any sort of language or is there any sort of sentiment about um, the whole synod and the, the talk of of really deviating from church teaching, uh, you know, the traditions of the church on crucial issues like gender ideologies or uh, div- communion for married and divorced people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there any anything caught up in that? No. Well, see, he said again that he thought that we're the ter- churches now, that the path of the church now has met a dead end. And that he said in, the, <laughs> in his resignation letter that he believes that the only way forward is the synodal path. Um, but I, you know, it does seem that like he's, he's making that declaration, but at the same time, uh, recognizes in his letter, his own personal responsibility, his remaining silent, as he says, um, as a leader on the sex abuse crisis. And we do know that there has been many, many cases now that have been proven in civil investigations of cover up in, um, sex abuse crisis, uh, or sex abuse in Germany, in the church in Germany. And, you know, this goes on to a lot of the issues that are being met by this uh, synodal path, uh, talking about the need for married priests, the need for ordaining women, the need for, um, you know, blessing gay um, or homosexual unions, and uh, all of which has now been um, completely, uh, you know, turned, uh, turned upon in the Vatican. The Vatican has come out through the CDF and through other uh, legal means to confirm that uh, women who are um, individuals who are seeking to ordain women or women themselves who are seeking to be ordained are uh, excommunicated, late sensie. That's very, very clear now in canon law. And there's, uh, you know, the new measures that have just been put out by Pope Francis, as well as the responsibility of bishops and those who are in authority, whether it's a, a priest, a bishop, an archbishop, a cardinal, and what could happen to them if they do not report sex abuse or knowledge of that. And it seems that Cardinal Marx uh, claims in this letter that he did know about uh, issues of sex abuse and that he is taking responsibility as a leader, which is admirable uh, under the current circumstances. Do you get a sense in this that this is just for, you know, not, this is just like sort of a nice thing to do, just a gesture to make, oh, here's my resignation, or is this some, some a sincere action on his part i think this is a self-preservation action actually um this this allows him to resign 
and resign as a cardinal and, and retire as a cardinal. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that we have to start to, to question with regards to that. We know that uh, that also occurred with Cardinal World, uh, where he, he resigned in disgrace after being proven to have known about uh, Theodore McCarrick's abuse. And uh, he resigned. And uh, he's now living and receiving, I think the, the report was uh, $2 million this year uh, from private account <laughs> wow. um, for his retirement. Just this year alone. Um, and that came from the pillar. That so, is insane. Will, yeah. will Cardinal Marx, do you, do you think that uh, Pope Francis will accept this resignation? I hope he will. I think it, it calls to accountability by church leaders. I hope he will. Yeah. Um, and with canon law, it doesn't say that those who have been resi- who resign. I mean, uh, they they still have authority. Uh, we know that because you know, for example, who like cardinals always resign. They always resign for uh, for retirement sake. Um, so, like someone like um, Cardinal Zen, for example, he handed in his resignation when it came time at his age, and um, you know, he lives in retirement. Um, but that doesn't mean that that he could not be brought. And God forbid it, because Cardinal Zen is, is an exception, but. Um, you know, for individuals who have retired, it doesn't mean, I, I believe in canon law, that they cannot be held accountable for the time that they um, oversaw, uh, you know, uh, the abuse in the church. So um, this could be self-preservation, uh, and it would be really interesting to hear from canon lawyers. I'm not an expert in that, but it does seem to be very, very clear the new measures about the punitive actions that could be taken place uh, if, uh, if someone is seen in leadership to have done such a thing. According to the CNA article, it looks like he will be allowed to continue his duties just as normal until the Holy See makes a decision. Is that the case? Oh, yeah, that's the norm. That's the norm in the situation until the Pope uh, receives and accepts that resignation. Um, he will continue to do, you know, life is as, as usual. Brie Dale is our guest. She is the host of Intersections. She's also a, a journalist with Epic Times there in Rome, and she's contributed to many other outlets as well. Uh, we're very uh, we're very blessed to have her on the program today to help better understand what is going on with this breaking news today about Cardinal Marx from Germany. Now, you might remember he was the, the sort of the head of the German uh, Council of Bishops, and then he stepped down from that, and we thought that that was pretty interesting news. Um, nothing changed as a result in Germany. It seems like they continued their tra- trajectory. Maybe he just had less stress on his plate. I don't know. But now we're seeing that this resignation has come through. And th- let me just read this real quick here. It says, uh, this is from the CNA article quoting his resignation. Quote, with my resignation, I would like to make clear that I am willing to personally bear responsibility, not only for any mistakes I might have made, but for the church as an institution which I have helped to shape and mold over the past decades. Uh, unquote. Now, what's interesting about that, Bree, is he says might have made. This is not the same thing yeah. as an admission of guilt of things he's actually done. No, because he has not yet been put, like, I don't think that's been put forward as, as you know, investigation results. But, um, you know, honestly, Joe, this does seem to me, just based off of, like, the political realm, of it seems to be getting ahead of a story. Um, so it, it has the, the, it has the feel of that. So, um, you know, we'll have to see, uh, is there, are there investigations that have his name attached to it? Uh, I have a feeling that that may be the case. Uh, and, and frankly, I mean, in Germany, uh, the buck stops with, uh, those who are at the most senior positions overseeing, uh, you know, situations of sex abuse. 
Uh, so uh, the, the legal system right now is really, it seems, going after um, the, the church in Germany, whether that's a good or bad thing, whether it is a, a biased thing, a secular biased thing, or a cleansing of the churches is yet to be really seen. Um, but, I, you know, there are people who are saying, you know, if we cannot police our own from within the church, which, you know, the new canon law definitely shows the ability to, the question is who has the authority and who will enact the canon law, you know, it's one thing to have law on the books, it's the other thing to, to actually enact the law. Um, at the same time, you know, a secular press uh, and secular uh, authorities have no problem holding accountable the church if we are not willing to do so ourselves. And that's something, Joe, that you and I have discussed many times, holding ourselves accountable in order to to uh, serve the truth. And the church is, uh, you know, is looked at as still as an authority in that way. I mean, John Kerry said that, right? You know, the, po the Pope has moral authority. Um, God forbid that that disappear because we're not willing to be able to hold one another accountable to the truth. Yeah, we're down to just about a minute before we have to say goodbye to Bree. Bree, uh, we're appreciative of your time today, uh, giving us some greater sure. context on this story. Breaking news about Cardinal Marx resigning uh, Monday. What's on the What's on the dock for Monday? Any uh, special stories you're going to be covering? Well, um, I do. I am. I'm working right now on a big story that's going to be coming out um, in August, and um, it's going to be uh, in a really exciting story. But I'm not sure if yet we're going to be able to break it. Uh, that's going to be up to the individuals involved. It's a positive story, though. And then, you know, of course, we are um, following out of the Vatican some of the rumors that are being reported, and why I have been hitting social media very hard about really being discerning on rumors and uh, because there's a pattern of that coming out of the Vatican and out of certain individuals. And, uh, you know, with rumors, there's truth and disinformation, there's truth. And oftentimes there's lies. It's, it's whether it's on small things or large things. So we really want to be careful and just really judge things by fact. All right. Bree Dale, host of Intersections Monday, 8 a.m. Central, along with Joy Mignot. We'll have to uh, leave it at that. God bless you, Bree. Thanks for being on. Kennedy Hall is coming on and breaking news. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Let's start with finally something done right. 
Biden orders ban on 59 Chinese defense and tech firms. National File says Fauci promoted threat of asymptomatic spread in public, but downplayed it in private email. Dr. Anthony Fauci said in a private email that most transmissions of virus occur from someone who is symptomatic and not asymptomatic. However, Fauci publicly touted the idea that asymptomatic spread is not rare but in fact common, as the medical experts spread fear about the virus. In a February 2020 email, Fauci wrote, Error in my statement to you. I meant to say that most transmissions occur from someone who is symptomatic and not asymptomatic. I am really tired. Not much sleep these days. Best, Tony. However, in June 2020, Fauci said that asymptomatic transmission of coronavirus is not rare, even chastising another expert for downplaying asymptomatic spread. Fauci said, quote, We have experience here with people who are without symptoms that cause us to believe that the transmission from an asymptomatic person is someone who's not infected is a rare, is not a rare event. But it's becoming pretty clear to us that one cannot say that it is rare. It is likely not rare. End quote. According to Reuters, Musk trolling puts breaks in Bitcoin's rebound. Bitcoin slipped 4% on Friday after Tesla boss Elon Musk was added again, this time firing off a few tweets that appeared to lament a breakup with the cryptocurrency. Tesla's big position in Bitcoin and Musk's large personal following often set crypto markets on edge whenever he tweets. And the price fell after he posted, Hashtag Bitcoin a broken heart emoji, and a picture of a couple discussing a breakup. Musk followed that up by posting a breakup comic strip and replying nice to an illustration of rival crypto Dogecoin posted by crypto exchange Coinbase. It was unclear what, if anything, any of the tweets meant. Musk has previously said Tesla would not sell its Bitcoin, but his tweets were enough to unsettle markets still fragile following May's crash. Bobby Ong, the co-founder of crypto data aggregator and analytics website CoinGecko said he's trolling the community. Friday's fall pushed Bitcoin below its 20-day moving average to $37,710 and took some of the edge off its week-to-date gains, though it has climbed nearly 6% to put it on course for its best week in about a month. Musk has been a major promoter of cryptocurrencies but has turned critical of Bitcoin since suspending Tesla plans to make it in payment for cars owing to concerns about energy use. Also from Reuters, Hong Kong cordons off annual Tiananmen vigil site, arresting organizer. Hong Kong closed off a park where tens of thousands gather annually to commemorate China's 1989 Tiananmen crackdown and arrested the vigil's organizer in what activists see as suppression of one of the city's main symbols of democratic hope. Thousands of officers are expected to patrol the city's streets on Friday to prevent gatherings of people lighting candles for the pro-democracy protesters killed by Chinese troops in Beijing 32 years ago. The heightened vigilance from authorities was a marked departure from Hong Kong's cherished freedoms of speech and assembly, bringing the global financial hub closer in line with mainland China's strict controls on society. Hong Kong's annual June 4th vigil, the world's largest, is widely seen as a symbol of the former British colony's democratic aspirations and desire to preserve its different way of life from mainland China. Early on Friday, police arrested Chao Hang Tung, vice chairwoman of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, for promoting an unauthorized assembly. Hours later, officers cordoned off most of the downtown park. 
Police, which banned the vigil for a second year in a row citing the coronavirus, said that there were still social media calls for people to rally despite the ban and warned of more arrests. Chow told Reuters this week before her arrest that June 4th was a test for Hong Kong, quote, of whether we can defend our bottom line of morality, end quote. Her Facebook said Chow will mark the anniversary by fasting if she is unable to light a candle due to her arrest. And those are your headline news. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Uh, real quick, I just want to thank realestateforlife.org for generously underwriting our program today, making it possible for us to get up at 3 a.m. and uh, bring you the latest and breaking news and stories and perspective with incredible guests. Realestateforlife.org. Thank you very much. Joining us again via Zoom chat all the way from Canada uh, is Kennedy Hall. He is with the uh, Fatima Center. We're very grateful to have you back on the program. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. I got to tell you, Kennedy, uh, reading your tweets lately depresses me. Okay. <laughs> it I depresses mean, me to tweet them sometimes. I, That's a I, mean, I, I think I shed a tear. I, I felt like I needed to give you a hug the other day. I was reading your tweets. Well, I tweet. appreciate it. But don't uh, get too close because you might give me the virus. Though, that, right? That's true. That's, it would be awkward, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I was reading your, your tweet or your story or whatever about you going to Niagara Falls. A place that I've been to a few times. Beautiful place, by the way. One of the uh, gorgeous, uh, awe-inspiring pl- uh, places on planet Earth. And uh, and you're looking across the gorge there, and you see America on the other side. And, you know, we've pretty much we've decided we're moving on. No matter what the headlines say or who says yep. what in Washington, you know, we're, we just want our life back. And so we're moving on. And then you're like, but in Canada, it's it's still desolate and, well, and gloomy. It was even closer than in the States because there's, if you've ever been on the boat there for the Maid of the Mist, it actually, it's like, I think that's kind of like shared international water. So the boat yeah. was like a hundred meters from Canadian soil Yeah, and uh, it was packed, absolutely packed. And there's actually a Canadian flag on that boat too. A Canadian Amer- so I'm seeing a boat <laughs> with a Canadian flag and an American flag, only Americans on. I was there filming stuff for the Fatima Center and uh, I just thought, you know, Niagara Falls is kind of a kitschy little i mean it's, it's kind of like a tiny little vegas there's some problems there but it's a kitschy little casino town mm-hmm. and uh, there's just boards over all the a lot of restaurants i mean some of them will survive but a lot of them are closing down yeah and across the water is a vibrant civilization <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, you know it's strange it is strange it it but that's been the coronavirus pandemic for the most part it's just strange and odd uh mm-hmm. how people have behaved or how people have reacted to it uh in certain parts of the world, it just some parts are better than others, and it's just weird and, and odd for the most part from a common sense perspective. So, why don't you update us? What is the current status in Canada when it comes to uh, the pandemic? Well, put it this way: all of Canada is insane. Um, <laughs> all of Canada is more locked down than Michigan or California. Okay, wow. so that's saying Gavin something. Newsom and, Gavin Newsom and uh, Gretchen Wichner, whatever her name is, she looks sane compared to our leaders. So that's saying a lot. Um, but Ontario is the worst. Ontario and um, Quebec, but all Quebec, those Frenchmen, they got that spirit of revolution. So they have in some ways stricter orders, but they disobey them like crazy. Mm. Um, so Ontario is the worst. Right now, I can't buy socks for my children at a store. Um, I can't buy soothers for my babies at a store uh, unless, no, I can't, unless it's in the pharmacy section of a grocery store, but I can't go to Walmart and get it. Um, I, I can't buy clothing 
So I've been trying to get some new suit jackets. You can't because you can't go into a tailor. You can't go to a hairdresser. You can't. Ladies can't get manicures. You can't go to a gym. You can't sit in a restaurant. Uh, you can't go to mass technically with more than 10 people, although there may or may not be unconfirmed masses happening Irish mass rock style that I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> let's put it that. Uh, you cannot play sports. Uh, you can play in a park. Uh, you can play golf uh, because that's distance by definition. Right. Um, and uh, that's so apparently we're going to open again, sort of in some way. There's no path to opening in Ontario all the way. The uh, third step of our three-step plan is really just get us to the point where we'll have minimal restrictions, but there's actually no plan for them to ever drop the thing entirely according to their own plans. And they won't say why um, right now, 72, 73% of Ontario has had the first shot of the uh, medication, let's call it. Uh, and they said we had to get to 60 and we, start opening but we're at almost 75 and they said oh you know sorry key health indicators um so we're just where we are and um ontario is largely on board most people and i've i've realized a huge difference uh, between america and canada as to why our largest broadcaster is a state broadcaster mm. um the cbc is is the it gets the biggest numbers every night for news and all the other broadcasters, they get major subsidies as part of this Canadian something coalition for broadcasting. There's virtually no independent media in Canada. Uh, so say what you will about CNN, Fox News, whatever. They're different and they offer different stories. Um, so in order to make money, they actually intentionally disagree with each other so they can compete. Whereas here, there's not a single voice of dissension in media beyond very polite dissension, except for independent stuff, but like rebel media and stuff like that which is good, but 99% uh, of people don't watch it. Um, so if you were to watch the Canadian media, you, we, we called our local member of parliament, you know, like our congressman sort of thing. And um, we said, you know, hey, have you heard about Florida and South Dakota and sanity in another country? And uh, <laughs> they said, no, no, people are dropping like flies in America. Wow. I'm like, wow. I talk to my friends in various states every day and they seem fine and uh, they have no idea. It's, it's a North Korean style bubble of control in the media, but without the severity and the politicians I think are drunk. It is a, a very odd, very odd behavior to say the least. Kennedy Hall is our guest. He is with the Fatima Center. Uh, we have about just about a minute before we go to break. And, and that's your last point, I think, is the one that has been boggling my mind lately. It's like we watch the news and the headlines and, and we, and they keep making all these, these statements like, well, we can't have freedom back until, until X, Y, and Z happens. And I'm look, hearing that, then I look around and go, we've already moved on. We moved on months ago. We're yeah. not acting and behaving in the, in, congruently with the statements that come out from the overlords. And it just boggles the mind as to what are, what, what are they using as indicators here for crying out loud? Uh, so many uh, people have already moved on from this. At any rate, we, that means we got to go to a short break. We're up against a break here. Kennedy Hall is our guest. Fatima Center is his organization. We're going to talk about Canada. There's a story out. I want to get his... Opinion on Canadian bill to ban sex-selective abortion defeated by pro-abortion politicians. All that plus much more coming up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. St. Benedict calls the monastery a school for the Lord's service. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Zolari of Belmont Abbey. St. Benedict wants nothing harsh or burdensome, but knows that some strictness may be necessary. 
When we remember school, we know that it was not all easy or fun. We needed some discipline, which comes from the word for learning. It took time and practice to write a research paper or master a language or learn fractions. A good life is the same. We have to work at it consistently over time. Only then do we develop those habits of virtue which make us skilled at being good, which make the hard things easier. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. School may have been difficult, but now we treasure the learning. The same is true for our lives in the School of the Lord's Service. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Kennedy Hall is our guest. He's with the Fatima Center, and we're talking about Canada. And, you know, I guess a very being a naive American, I just always assume Canada, Canada is just the 51st state, right? I mean, it's just like us. Uh, but apparently that is definitely not the case anymore. Um, but, uh, Kennedy, I, I, what, what prevents you from coming to to the United States. I mean, we're in an open border policy now under this uh, current administration. I mean, anybody can just walk across our borders. Why don't you just come on down and hang out with us? Well, actually, I was I do speak Spanish, so I was said, "Why don't you fly to Mexico and then come over <laughs> that way?" But um, I, uh, it's really hard to get a visa for. Actually, this is the thing: if you are uh, illegal mm-hmm. or uh, some sort of refugee mm-hmm. or have one hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's easy to get into America. But for everybody else, it's really difficult. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, obviously, if I was a doctor or something, there's certain visas and whatever. But it's really tough. I've been looking into it um, a lot, and um, it's tough. So, talking to various people about stuff, but it takes a lot of months, maybe a couple of years. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, lawyer stuff. So, just kind of praying to see what will happen. And, you know, the reality is, too, is um, there are major differences in cost of living. America is much more affordable. Um, but, um, there are certain, uh, considerations to take in place when you have a family and stuff. So we're just trying to find the best option. And, um, you know, I just released some videos actually at Fatima center about Canada the last couple, if you go to the Kennedy report at, uh, Fatima, YouTube, Fatima center, YouTube, and, um, Canada is going to go in one of three directions. It's going to go full communist party of China puppet state, which we basically are. It's going to go either that far and it'll just be, we'll be refugees. You know, I have a doctor friend who's a doctor. Oh, sorry. Doctor friend who's a doctor. He's at, um, uh, what's the picture doctor? Looks at images. That's one of the things you can do in Canada and stay with your Catholic conscience because you don't have to do anything immoral. Wow. And um, so he is, you know, worried about the vaccine and all that sort of stuff. And uh, he said, you know, he there's rumbling amongst pro-life doctors that they might have to start looking for refugee status um, as far as being a doctor in Canada. It might, if it goes that far and gets to that point, then people like myself will probably be able to uh, qualify for refugee status, religious persecution, to be honest. Um, Or uh, what I think is going to happen is we're just going to continue on this slow bleed that we're on. 
uh, Canada, even though we're supposed to be humble and friendly, we are, but we're very um, holier than thou about America. Mm-hmm. That's just one of the these ugly realities that Canadians don't like to admit. So when Not you talk to, to mention, the you did invade us that one time. We did, 1812. But you know yeah. what? That We were technically not Canada until 1867. So oh, we'll, we'll blame that on the British. The whole okay? 1867 the thing. You're going to use that as your excuse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. Exactly, Why exactly. do you think we bought, Ca- bought Alaska? Just to surround the Canadians. I'm just saying. That's right. Well, you needed <laughs> yeah. to get maple syrup somewhere. But, <laughs> but uh, so <clears throat> we're probably just going to be in this for, I mean, the emergency powers here in Ontario are extended till December. Mm-hmm. December. Wow. It doesn't mean they're going, I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to continue the things, but it means they have the right to continue the things. But I'll tell you one thing though, Canadians are non-confrontational. So I haven't worn a mask in a store more than like three times, even though it's, uh, even though it's, you're supposed to, Mm -hmm. because the one thing about Canada is that no laws have any teeth to them because no one wants to have any confrontation. I was going to ask how, like, it's one thing to say, well, this is what we're doing. You got to do it. But it's another to say, well, how much is it being enforced? Because even in America, there were, you know, many uh, agencies across our country at state level or local levels that they just refused. They were not going to, you know, harass people over masks or, or whatnot. It's just it's a waste of resources. It's been enforced in the big things you see on the news, like those Protestant pastors getting arrested and stuff. Yeah. Um, but even there, they've been in court and they all the charges have been dropped and stuff. Canada is basically a nation run by lawyers. Canada was a corporation. That's how it started, the Hudson Bay Corporation. I mean, it's literally, uh, it was a British colonial outpost. for. Uh, so Canada's basically a country that is run by uh, lawyers. Um, we don't really have a constitution. Uh, we're, a, we're a parliamentary monarchy kind of gone wrong um so there are lots of things going on in the courts right now i don't have any faith in the system but i have let's say a reserved trust in people wanting to protect their pocketbooks so uh there are various cases going on right now and i've been following them and the the government looks really dumb uh legally speaking you know like uh, there was a case in alberta where it, basically the health officials almost are in a criminal almost going to be charged with criminal action now because they just didn't follow the laws because, you know, the thing about Canada is it's a nation run by bureaucrats. They're very incompetent for the most part. So you ask them to go do this sort of North Korean style takeover. Well, North Korea, they're severe and they believe in the cause, but here they're just overpaid bureaucrats and can't keep their ducks in a row. So it's very strange right now. So if you watch for the next three or four months, I believe you're going to start seeing some major legal um, fallout here. And as soon as that happens, that will be when things start to go back to the old normal if they do. Um, if not, if things get worse, then we'll, they'll probably have a lot of Canadian Christians on refugee status in America. So the faithful in Canada, are are they ready to fight back against the this uh, marching communism that's uh, happening in, in Canada? Are they uh, or are they kind of just reserved to be like, you know, well, things aren't that bad. I'm they're not I'm not getting there's no concentration camps. I'm eating still. Uh, what's what's yeah. kind of the feel of the uh, the sense of the faithful there? It depends. You know, I'm, I want to I say this as charitably as possible about the bishops, um, but there's a, a, a real uh, lack of courage amongst the bishops here. And I know that's the case everywhere, uh, but in America, you got that revolutionary spirit, that 1776 attitude a little bit. We don't have that at all here. So uh, it's a combination of blind obedience. It's a combination of bishops that should probably step it up a little bit more. Um, and they're super tied to the government financially. So 
the traditional Catholics uh, that are a little bit more rugged, let's say, are, are, are doing the private stuff and the farm masses and all that sort of thing, the mass rock kind of stuff. And then the Protestants who a lot of them, you know, they had their churches planted by American pastors and things like that. So they got that John MacArthur sort of zeal. And um, that's kind of the only people fighting back. Um, but in the diocesan sense, there's no way that any pastors or bishops will do anything about it. Unfortunately, it's just, it hasn't happened yet. And then, and uh, our dispensation for mass in the diocese I live in, I go into mass in a different diocese, but it's extended until September. So they haven't had Sunday obligations since uh, March of 2020. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't it's either actually in Houston. Okay. Uh, we, uh, they, they um, reinstated the mass. They made capacity at a hundred percent, got rid of the mass mm-hmm. orders, but never lifted the dispensation. So very okay. strange. So it's really a, a toss up between dioceses in America. Right. Kennedy Hall is our guest. He is with the Fatima Center. We have a few minutes left here, about five minutes or so, maybe four minutes uh, to talk about what's going on in Canada. I want to transition to this story out of LifeSite News and get your comment on it, Kennedy. The headline sure. goes, Canadian bill to ban sex selective abortion defeated by pro-abortion yeah. politicians. And, uh, you know, this is why this is interesting to me. I mean, it's this is a common thing in, in America to see pro-abortion politicians work so hard against pro-life uh, bills, but we still have a lot of pro-life movement in America. What is the pro-life situation in Canada? This would suggest that you're, that you're also not uh, any better off than we are. No, that we, I was actually at the March for Life about three weeks ago um, with John Henry Weston, actually, from LifeSite. He lives up uh, in somewhere in Ontario. And um, yeah, there's no, I mean, there's a pro-life movement amongst uh, the sort of remnant Christian sort of thing here in Canada, but there's not a single, um, there's no pro-life MPs anymore in the real sense. Wow. Um, uh, you're not allowed. You know, the, one of the only guys who was got kicked out of the party last year for being a conservative by the conservative leader. Um, it doesn't really exist. Um, most Canadians are not, I mean, I'm sure on average, most Canadians are not really pro-abortion, but most of them are just apathetic towards it. Um, the pro-life march, the March for Life, usually, all things considered, would get a decent turnout. Uh, but it's nothing like the States. There's no conversation about it. There's no Abby Johnson. There's there's nothing like that, really. Um, it's part of healthcare. It's funded by the taxpayer. But you, you know, would think uh, that sex selective in particular, that's a pretty, uh, that particular element to the abortion issue, I think is even more nefarious uh, because you are picking and choosing based on the gender of the baby. This is the stuff we hear that happens in India for crying out loud. I know. I mean, well, it seems more crazy to me that even the liberals would support this. Canadian liberals are just communists all the way through. There's no classical liberals left in, in, in Canadian liberalism. Uh, you know, they're just communists. So they lie. Yesterday, there was a video that came out of one of the, the finance minister. She's a woman who never worked in finance, by the way, but she handles the country's finance. And um, she was putting her, she was on a Zoom for the Canadian broadcaster, like the government parliamentary one, whatever. It's kind of like C-SPAN. And uh, she sitting there without her mask on, on a Zoom, who cares? And... Uh, freaks out and puts the mask on because she thought that uh, they were going to be online in a sec and then took it off to start. So she wanted people to see that she was wearing a mask. Like they're just, there's no morality. Um, there's no principles. There's nothing. So I, I might sound pretty bleak here, but um, yeah, let's, let's end on, on a positive hand, note, Kennedy. I mean, you're, we gotta, we gotta spice up your Twitter feed too. We need to like fluffy bunnies and sunshine or I don't know, pick <laughs> pictures of, of a flower. I don't know. Something. Give us something well, more positive. I will say, though, positive just before we go here. 
Um, I've never seen Canadians organize over almost anything. And one positive out of this is the anti-lockdown movement, as strange as it is, and there's some different types of people in it. Uh, we've never had people rally around a politician like that before. And there's a man named Randy Hillier. He's just amazing. He's a good old boy. He's just, if you could have a stereotype of the good old Canadian, it's him. He's a, from a farm family, a Christian guy, mm. good guy and a patriot. And people are rallying around him. He's getting thousands of people out of things, which has never happened here before for any reason. Wow. So that's good. I mean, if good out of evil, I'm hoping for something. Wow. Kennedy Hall, Fatima Center. Um, prayerfully, we'll see some light at the end of the tunnel here. Hopefully, the, the at least uh, folks will be able to get to mass on a more regular basis. That would be amazing mm -hmm. to see up there. But uh, we'll be praying for all of the people in Canada that the madness and confusion is done away with and civility and common sense returns once again. God Thank bless you. you, Kennedy. Thank you for your time today. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. You too. God bless you. Have a great day. All right. That is going to do it for the first hour of the program. We'll be posting both of the conversations we had with Kennedy and with Bree today as individual, standalone pieces of content on our social feeds. So if you would like to know what those are, you got to go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, check it out. On Monday, we're going to be talking to someone from France about what happened. It was a procession and Antifa attacked the Catholics. That'll be coming up on Monday. But in the next hour, we're, today is our game show giveaway. We actually draw a name out. You could still win. Join us if possible. You can join us online at grnonline forward slash Thank you for CDT. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. 
We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning, and you have made it. You have made it to Friday. The weekend is here. Praise be to Jesus. Hopefully, it'll be a joyous and peaceful weekend for you. I'm looking forward to uh, to a nap, I think, <laughs> getting caught up on sleep. I could sleep for an entire day, I think, at this point, and I wouldn't probably miss it. I'd probably just enjoy the rest. But... The better news is this is First Friday. There's opportunity there. And tomorrow is First Saturday. So my family will be going to Holy Mass. And we are excited about that as well. So praise be to God. But the team is here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Happy First Friday. Any plans for you this weekend? Um, Not in particular, but no? I will be attending the First Friday and Saturday Masses. Oh, nice. Wonderful. <laughs> praise be to God. Uh, Adrian's here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Oh. There we go. Forgot to turn my mic on. Uh, but yes, yes. Happy First Friday. It's good to be here. And uh, I am looking forward to uh, Mass tonight. I'm going to try to hit up Adoration after after work and then uh, Mass tomorrow morning. Wonderful. Praise, Praise be, be to God. God. Mm-hmm. Now, we just wrapped up two great conversations in the last hour. Uh, one was with Bree Dale on the breaking news about Cardinal Marx offering his resignation to Pope Francis. Really insightful conversation with Breedale. She's super sharp, a journalist out of Rome, and she also hosts our Monday morning, 8 a.m. Central show called Intersections with Breedale and Joy Mignon. And uh, so her insight into that story, well, I, th- I thought was fascinating. We will be posting that conversation today on our social media feeds, as well as our conversation with Kennedy Hall from Canada. Most people don't really understand what is going on in Canada with the lockdowns? It is more severe in, in Canada for lockdowns than it is in the United States, in places like California, for instance. So Kennedy, uh, who is, uh, we've been sort of watching his Twitter feed and and seeing what's going on there, you know, and we just wanted to get him back and have him explain uh, some stuff to us. So that was a very insightful conversation, and we're going to be posting that on our social media feed as well. So uh, look forward to that. And do us a favor. You could really be a, an ambassador of the program by watching that content, sharing it, liking it, commenting on it. Those are really helpful things because the algorithms on these platforms do not love the subject matter that we cover. So... 
taking these actions uh, quickly helps us to overcome some of the pushback that we see all the time on those social media platforms. All right. So in this hour, we're going to finally give out our prize today for the game show, which means you're going to get three last chances to get in on the drawing and you could be the winner of the prize. ProudCatholicCompany.com is our sponsor this week, and we're going to be pulling a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence today and announcing that live over the radio. So that is coming up today in this first half hour, plus breaking news and stories. And it's all good news, right, Janelle? Yes, it's good news. All very good news. No negativity in the first hour or in the second hour. Yes, yes. Hopefully uh, you will uh, you'll end or start the day uh, smiling, very smiling. happy. All right. Yes. Praise be to God. So we got that to look forward to here in a moment. And then, of course, we have Saint of the Day and Gospel of the Day and, and a gospel reflection brought to you in part by Verboom.com. Verboom.com forward slash GRN has generously underwritten a portion of our program today uh, just to bring it to you, the good news, in a deep and profound way. So all of that coming up in this first half hour. And the next second half of this hour, we will do the after show where we will conversate with you casually about whatever it is your that's on your mind. You get to drive that conversation. So all that's coming up in this hour. Now, I'm looking at right now, real quick, before we jump into the prayer, I'm looking at the questions for the game show, and it looks like, all easy question Friday. That's what I'm telling you. Super straightforward, super easy. I think that I think today's your day. So if you want to get in on that early, you want to be the contestant, you got to be the first caller. You can find the phone number and all the rules on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Just log in. You can scroll down, find Find the uh, phone number and the rules and all of that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray for your intentions as well as our own. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessing abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lee. A Georgia Education Board has passed a resolution opposing critical race theory. In other news, an illegal settlement, California has been forced to stop discriminating against churches, must pay their legal fees. From the Catholic News Agency, a priest abducted in Nigeria has been released. Father Joe KK, who was kidnapped along with slain Father Alphonsus Bella when a parish of the Diocese of Sokoto was attacked last month, has been released after spending two weeks in captivity. Father Chris Omotosho, Communications Director for the Sokoto Diocese, said June 3rd that Father KK, 75, is receiving medical treatment. St. Vincent Furrow Parish was attacked by armed bandits May 20th. The corpse of Father Bello, who was 33, was found the following day. Father Bello was buried June 1st. We are here to pray for the repentance and conversion of the perpetrators of these heinous crimes, Archbishop Matthew Dagdugoso of Kaduna said in his homily at the burial ceremony. He added, Pray that God will give the victims of these criminal activities and their loved ones the grace to forgive so that they do not become victims twice. 
We thank God for the re- return of Father Joe KK, and we pray for his speedy recovery. From UCA News, a Christian couple has been acquitted of blasphemy in Pakistan. The Christian community of Pakistan is rejoicing after Lahore High Court acquitted a Christian couple arrested in 2013 for alleged blasphemy. Justice Shabazz and Justice Tariq dismissed the case against the accused couple on June 3rd. Both were on death row after being convicted of sending text messages insulting the Prophet Muhammad. Saiful Maluk, the Muslim lawyer who successfully defended Asia Bibi and her blasphemy conviction overturned in the Supreme Court, defended the couple. I am very happy to be instrumental in saving more innocent lives and proving the failure of the cases against the Christian couple, he told UCA News. From the Catholic News Service, Baltimore Basilica marks bicentennial with new perpetual adoration chapel. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lorry celebrated a Mass May 31st to mark the 2nd hundredth anniversary of the dedication of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Immediately after the Mass, he dedicated a chapel in the Basilica's undercroft for perpetual Eucharistic adoration, making the spiritual practice available for the first time ever in the city, as far as parish leaders and researchers can determine. The Baltimore Basilica, now one of two co-cathedrals for the Archdiocese, has witnessed the consecration of more bishops than any other structure in the United States. It was also the site of seven provincial and three plenary councils of Baltimore, meetings in which the nation's bishops laid the foundations of the Catholic Church in the United States and gave it its institutional shape. The Catholic education system in the U.S. was developed in those councils as was the Baltimore Catechism, which laid the groundwork for millions who grew up in the Catholic faith. After the Mass and dedication, Father Boric said, It is amazing to finally have perpetual adoration in the city. He added that now that the tabernacle is open and the Eucharist is on view, the hope is to never have to close it, because there will always be someone praying before the Blessed Sacrament. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a fantastic Friday. The saint of the day is Blessed Stanislav Koska. He was born on the 11th of May, 1895 in Ustraban Padra Poland. He graduated high school in 1914 and studied law at the Jagiellonian University in Krakow, Poland. But his studies were interrupted by the start of World War I. Soldier, he became a soldier and officer in the Austrian army and he helped found the Polish army in 1918. He fought in the Polish-Ukrainian War of 1918 and 1919. He fought in the Polish-Russian War of 1920, rising to the rank of captain and receiving decorations for bravery. Returning to civilian life with exceptional organization and people skills, he studied agriculture and in 1921 took over management of a thousand-acre farm. He was known for ensuring his people were paid fairly and had medical coverage. Married to Maria Teresa Skazbek, Spezpetka in 1921, the family went to daily mass and spent largely on charity, food for the poor, and Catholic social activities. Not content with checkbook charity, he visited and helped the poor and orphans regardless of nationality or religion. He supported the Marian congregation, Catholic action, pilgrimages to Jasnagora, or Our Lady of Chestahova, as some people, most people know it, and the study of Catholic social doctrine work to create better working conditions and cooperation between farms to promote agricultural production. He was arrested with his brother Marion by invading Russian troops in November 1939. They escaped in Debney, but Marion was recaptured, sent to Russian interior, and was never heard from again. 
Stanislav was captured by German troops and sent to the Nazi concentration camp Dachau, Germany, for the crime of being a Catholic leader. He was martyred on the 13th of April 1941 in Dachau, Germany, and was beatified by uh, John Paul II on the 13th of June 1999. And little known fact, John Paul II, Karol Tiwa, wanted to take the name Stanislav, but was told it was too Polish. He needed to pick something more Roman, and that's how we get John Paul II. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12, verses 35 through 37. As Jesus was teaching in the temple area, he said, How do the scribes claim that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I place your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? The great crowd heard this with delight. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this passage because you probably would miss what's going on here unless you dived into it. Uh, And we're very grateful for verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously underwriting our gospel reflection, giving us the tools to dive in so quick and so deep. It is uh, pretty amazing, actually. Uh, Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for doing that. Uh, But the Venerable Bede said this, they are not, however, reproved, that is the Israelites or the Jews, they are not, however, reproved for calling him David's son, but for not believing him to be the son of God. See, that's the trick. And Jesus knows it. And he's calling that to their mind so that they will meditate upon this. It's one thing to say, oh, yes, this is the son of David. Oh, yes, that's great and all. I mean, in fact, there was a whole bunch of people already. I mean, remember Bartimaeus? We talked about that a couple, was it last week, week before? Bartimaeus calling out to Jesus, son of David, help me. Remember that? So it's that's not the issue. It's what does the implication of that actually mean? It doesn't mean he's an earthly king, a mere man who's going to kick out the Romans and bring back the good old days. Mm-mm. He is the Messiah, the son of David, the son of God. He is God incarnate. That has grave implications for those that would choose to reject what that really means. And we should ponder on that today and this weekend. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, so the there's a few things here as usual, and uh, one thing that I wanted to point out is this is a look at whenever our Lord turns to his apostles and says, "Who do people say that I am?" And whenever he says that, what does he say? Well, people say you're the you're you're like David, you're John the Baptist, Elijah, and so on and so forth. And yesterday, being the feast of Corpus Christi, our the priest uh, was giving his homily. And he made this great point that really struck me. He said, uh, the same question could be asked today. Who do people say that I am? And you have people who will say, oh, you're, it's a piece of bread. Oh, it's a cracker. Oh, it's just, it's a symbol. It's, uh, it's just a, uh, it's a figment. And he said, put that aside. Put that aside. Now our Lord turns to us and says, who do you say that I am? And we respond, or we should respond rather. We should respond with the same profession of faith that Peter gave. Whenever our Lord turned to him and asked, who do people, how, who do you say that I am? And Peter, not by reason, but by faith, but by the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, but by revelation from the Father above, said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And so too, when we are before the blessed sacrament in adoration and communion at mass, we should turn and look 
at our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and say, whenever he asks us, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's time to play. Praise be to God. If you want to win a prize today, today's the day we give out the prize. You get three last chances, but you must call right now. Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. It's super easy. Call right now, 877-757-9424. The first caller gets to be our contestant. All easy question Friday. You don't even need to know the answers at 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell this to anybody. Keep this just between us, okay? Uh, we like to do a few things during the Trivia Game Show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So you learn something you probably did not know before, and that's kind of a good thing. And then, of course, we like to have a good time, and our contestants tend to be lots of fun. They laugh along with us. It's always fun. And then, of course, we give out prizes. 
So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. So praise be to God for that. But here's the kicker. Here's the real uh, twist in the plot if you're brand new here and you're trying to figure all this out. I have, in fact, official Catholic trivia questions in my hand. I'm showing them to the, the live video feed for those hanging out with us. Uh, they, but I don't ask the caller these questions, so they don't even need to know the answers to be the winner. That's how cool this game is because, in fact, I will ask Janelle and I will ask Adrian. And one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Now, our prize is sponsored this week by ProudCatholicCompany.com. ProudCatholicCompany.com. They are very generous to give us a, a beautiful Our Lady Guadalupe shirt to give away, and we will do so today. Today is the day where we will pull out a name from the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and announce it live over the radio. And, uh, and whoever that is, they'll get shipped directly to their mailbox this beautiful shirt from ProudCatholicCompany.com. Uh, That's Proud Catholic. Company.com. Thank you for that. All right, let's go to the phones. A good morning to you, Vicki. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Good morning. Praise be to God, Vicki. Uh, we're very, uh, again, very grateful. Now, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dallas area. Dallas. Praise Dallas, be Texas. to God. And uh, where do you go to church there? St. Luke's in Irving. St. Luke's in Irving. Well, I've, I think I've been there. I, I have to say it's probably been a decade since I've been there, but I've been there, I believe, in the past. So uh, praise be to God for that. Now, Vicki, are you familiar with the game? Have you been listening? Yes. So you know the rules. You know how tricky Janelle is and how tricky Adrian can be. They might try to fool you. you got to listen very carefully. Yes. But I, however, I'm your best friend. I am on your side. Right, Adrian? Or so he awesome. says. Wait, what? 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 Mm -hmm. I am their best advocate, and you and I both know That'll that. Be the Holy Ghost. What? 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 All right, let's try. <laughs> let's just play. All right, we're going to play, Vicky. If you're ready to go, we're ready to go. We will start with Janelle. Right. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Janelle, can you uh, name for me two out of the four possible kinds of dishonesty? which is forbidden by the Seventh Commandment. So there's four possible, but I only need two of them. All right, just, just two. Just two of the possible four kinds of dishonesty forbidden by the Seventh Commandment. Okay, I'm going to go with stealing and cheating. Stealing and cheating. Yes. Okay, okay. Sounds yes. reasonable, actually. Uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me... Or rather, can you name for me two out of the four kinds of uh, dishonesty that is forbidden by the Seventh Commandment? Okay. Seventh Commandment. That would be the thou shalt not murder, right? Um, so I'm going to say insulting people and, um, and using sarcasm. Insulting people and using sarcasm? Yes. Th that's, that's your answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's four possible kinds of dishonesty prevented by the, uh, or spoken out against on the Seventh Commandment. And Adrian's answer was uh, insulting people and sarcasm. And Janelle's answer was stealing and cheating. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? 
who's wrong. Vicky, what say you? I'm going to say Janelle. Survey says, duh. Yeah, good good call. That was easy, right, uh, Vicky? That was pretty pretty straightforward, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, see, this is how I advocate for the listeners. I give them good, straight-up, easy, easy questions. So praise be to God. Vicki, you are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Well done, madam. Uh, we'll give you two more chances to increase your opportunity today, though. So let's, uh, let's go to Adrian for this second question. Adrian, uh, this should be this should super straight-up easy. I can't imagine Adrian getting this wrong, but let's just see how it goes. Adrian, can you tell me... What famous Catholic wrote the Summa Theologica? Yes, that would be Peter Kreeft, St. Peter Kreeft. Um, I'm sorry, one more time? St. Peter Kreeft. Is it Kreeft or Kreeft? I have no idea. Okay, I so... I can't pronounce names. So Did you hear the saint of the day? You said St. Peter Kreeft. Kreeft. Is that, that's your answer? Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go to Janelle, and let's see what Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me what famous Catholic wrote the Summa Theologica? That's got to be one of my favorite saints of all time, really? St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow. Yes. Okay. He's kind of a famous Catholic. Just no, kind of sure. famous. For sure. Famous. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. So Janelle is on the hook for St. Thomas Aquinas. I believe he's a doctor of the church, by the way. Yes. If yes. I'm not mistaken. He's a doctor of the church. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, St. Thomas Aquinas is Janelle's answer, and St. Peter Kreeft is Adrian's answer. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky, what say you? Janelle. It's Janelle. <laughs> you sound very confident there, Vicky. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I am. A survey yes. says... <laughs> well, my dub button's not working <laughs> properly. There. <laughs> Peter Kreeft Kreef did write a book, though, called The, the Summa of the Summa. Oh, it's a short version of okay. the Summa Theologiae. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas is, is like rolling his eyes at you right now. <laughs> nah, he doesn't have eyeballs at the moment. But in humble. the resurrection, he will get them back. And when he does, he will roll them at you. <laughs> We're too humble that. for that. He's too humble for that. <laughs> was that was that tricky, uh, Vicky? Did, did, that didn't throw you. You sounded very confident there. Mm. Not at all, not at all. Yeah, well done, Vicky. <laughs> Praise be to God. You're in for two now. Third time's a charm. Okay, since I'm on your side, I'm going to warn you. This next one, I, I wouldn't have known. I had to look it up. It's possible this is tricky, but we will see. All right, here we go. Back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me, how many feast days are set aside for Mary in the United States? Doesn't she have like a whole month of like devotions to She's her? got quite a bit, but how many feast days? Feast days? are set aside for Mary in the United States. I'm going to go with my gut and mm-hmm. say 28 times. 28? 28 days, yes. Uh, 28 feast days? 28 feast days. Okay, so let's go yes. with Adrian. Adrian, how many feast days are set aside for Mary in the United States? 19. You're sure? Yep. You seem very specific 19. there. 19. Very confident. I don't know. Okay. 19. Adrian is on the hook for 19, and Janelle is on the hook for 28. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky, what say you? I want to say Adrian. Survey says... Wow! wow. I mean, that was impressed, good. Vicky. That, yeah, I would too. not have gotten that right. Oh my uh, that was a correct answer. 19. Very well done. I got to give you a round of applause on that one. Uh, was that hard for you or did you already know? I was, I was guessing around 12 to 15. Whoa! So Adrian, oh, my number was too big. To mine. 
<laughs> Praise be to God. You did. I would have thought that, that you were going to get that one wrong, to be honest with you. I did. That was a hard one. That was a hard one, and you nailed it. Congratulations. Right now, uh, Janelle is shaking up the, the coffee cup of divine providence to ensure we have a random selection. It could be your name. It might not, Vicky, but here we go. She has a name. It is Vicky. Vicky, wow, congratulations. Woo! I need a. We should get the. We should bust out the hey, uh, the bells button. for uh, for uh, for the winners. But Vicky, congratulations! You are in fact the winner of the uh, wonderful prize from ProudCatholicCompany.com. You're going to get a uh, an Our Lady of Guadalupe shirt in your your mailbox. So uh, praise be to God! Congratulations! How do you feel? Wow! 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 <laughs> you you did a perfect score today, and your name. God pulled out of the hat. God must have something special in mind for you today because it was oh, a, yes. a great, great <laughs> effort on your part. Just make sure to stay on the line so we can get your information. She gave her, <laughs> she, she's on a Thank roll. She much. gave me her number early. That's why it's taking so long. Uh, well, Vicky, any plans for the weekend? Um, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully something nice will happen, and you'll have just a pleasant and peaceful time. But we're going to put you on hold so we can make sure to get your contact uh, so we can send it to ProudCatholicCompany.com, who generously underwrote the prize this week. And, uh, we're, again, we're grateful to you, Vicki. Thank you for being a good sport and having fun with us. And, again, congratulations to you. Hopefully you'll have a wonderful weekend. And that is oh, going to do it for the uh, radio side of our program. Praise be to God. Now, next week, no game show, because next week, uh, for, for Tuesday through Friday, we're doing an online share-a-thon, raising money to make sure it's possible we get to stay on the air. You can make that uh, a big help to us by generously donating, but next week, the second hour, will be a share-a-thon hour, and hopefully you'll join us for that. So we'll pause the game show for one week. If you can join us in the after show today, praise be to God, we want to conversate directly with you. You can actually hang out with us right on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual in our conversation. Praise be to God. We have survived the day so far. Whew. That morning frog brain does not want to work. It's Friday. It's like, it's my brain is already looking forward to the weekend, I guess. Um, little does it know it's getting up early tomorrow because we're going to go to Holy Mass. So no rest for the weary tomorrow. Define Maybe, early. Yeah. Well, Eight, seven. We will be sleeping in till probably. I'll probably get out of bed five thirty. See, that's uh, not that's not tomorrow. early at all. Because I want to say the mass is at like six thirty or something like that. I don't know. That sounds like sleeping in to me. <laughs> well, when you wake up at three a.m. five days a week, pretty sure five thirty feels like sleeping in. It would feel. It's going to feel pretty good, decent. But uh, boy, at any rate, enough of that. Um, we want to conversate about whatever's on your heart, your mind. Maybe you can tell us what's on your agenda for the weekend. I'd love to know. You can comment about that. 
But uh, whatever you comment gets to drive the conversation. You get to be in charge of that. So uh, if you've never commented before, well, let me encourage you to join in in the shenanigans by commenting for the first time. We love our first-time commenters, and we like to lavish some extra love on those who have never commented before. And I want to say I saw at least one brand-new commenter today. I have to go back. Is David Gonzalez over on the GRN Facebook side a new commenter? As our feed crashes there. (laughs) It's back, though. Praise God. Uh, Let me just welcome some folks. David Gonzalez, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Buddy Kane. Oh, there's a problem with the Facebook feed. Uh, Buddy Kane, good morning to you. Patty. Bruce Toman, uh, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, Jesus Robles, friend of the show. Uh, Welcome, and uh, thanks for hanging out again today. Lori, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Maureen, thank you for hanging out with us today. We're appreciative of you. Uh, Don's here. Joaquin's here. Gloria, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. Over on the YouTube side, Mike K and Tammy, praise be to God. William Hemsworth and Keenan. Is Keenan, that's the other one. Is Keenan a first time or a second time? I might have remembered a comment from Keenan before. I think he's first. I think he's a first time. Hold on. Keenan, are you a first time or a second time or? Let us know. I want to say, I want to say. I want to say he's the first time. Is he? I think so, but. Pretty sure. At the moment, okay. trying okay. to make sure our stream doesn't crash. I know. <laughs> uh, well, good morning to you, and thanks for hanging out with us. Praise be to God. And, of course, Betty. Uh, Betty loves Peter Kraft. Kraft? It's Kraft. Kraft. Uh, like it, the cheese it's, brand. It's Kraft, uh, like the fish. Oh, wait, no, that's like, Kraft. Like the, <laughs> Sorry. Like shellfish. I don't know. I think you're making things up. No. <laughs> Me? Make that? No. Come on. Take my word for it. Uh, it's the long-standing debate on how to say his name. Which, by the way, I have uh, you know met Dr. Kraft on a few occasions, and he does not like to resolve the debate. He likes to see it linger. I think it helps him to sell more books, to be honest with you. Alaric, good morning to you. He says, I'm a city boy feeding my friends farm animals this weekend. <laughs> That's great. Humbling experience for first Friday in the month of the Sacred Heart. Monica Cortez, good morning. What is going on with our stream? Have we crashed completely? No. Uh-oh. But it is being weird. Oh, it's it's being like that because it can't decide whether it's creeped or craft. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, the stream itself is like, uh, is this censorship over how to yeah. say his name properly? It's like all over the place. Uh-oh. Well, there's no need to, to, to debate. It's, it's in fact craft. Okay. So that's settled. Uh, there's no need to uh, to fuss over it. It's just it is what it is. Facts are facts. Um, it says Monica says good morning. She says, "Oh no, the feed is gone." Yeah, <laughs> hopefully the feed's still there. I don't know. It's kind of there. It's, it's just really bad. What is at the moment? Is it? Oh nope, it's over with. Uh, oh no. I think we're still live on Facebook, no, I, but not on YouTube. Or not? How? Did, what? Yeah, well, you could always watch us live and comment over at uh, face at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Is that still working? It, it's up now. It looks like it's up, but uh, yeah, it mm. looks like it's up anyway. And we're up on Twitter still, but oddly not, enough. But YouTube is gone. YouTube is gone. Facebook is still up, I think. Uh, yeah, Monica just came over from YouTube. 
Hmm. hmm. We don't know what's uh, we don't know what's causing what there. But uh, Facebook is up. You can still hang out with us there. You can hang out with us on uh, Twitter, and as well as our our own website. That is also an op- option. Gloria says, "Love that Janelle and Adrian are going to mass today. You used to go to communion service every day before work. Uh, had to." To pop it, Monica says had to pop in here. YouTube crashed. Men's conference Saturday, seven thirty a.m. to twelve. Where where at, Don? Where is that men's conference? Is it the one with Father Don Calloway? Yeah, let us know. Um, her, 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 uh, Bruce Toman is hanging out on the website. Hello, Bruce. By locating, he says. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, the feed on the uh, website does, it's not 100% perfect either. Bruce brought this up to me yesterday, and I, I, and I, I knew it was a case. I'm, the problem is, it is so expensive, this technology. And because we're a 501c3 and we beg for dollars, you know, especially every quarter, which is going to happen next week, um, we don't want to overspend those precious donor dollars. We want to be very good stewards of that. So... Okay, the stream looks like it's mostly stable now. Okay, good. Um, for some reason, if you know what this means, let me mm-hmm. know. I'm going to look mm-hmm. it up. I keep getting an. Uh, what was happening was it was being told that it was we're having a we're having duplicate connections, as if more than one person was connected to our stream key. Huh. I wonder if so. someone else in the network was messing with it. Uh, at any rate, I think Bruce um, Bruce Toman has like some really wise and sage advice. Um, Mike Case hanging out on the website as well, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But uh, Bruce Bruce seems to be a, a, a really wise person. You know, he says, quote, play some horns. Maybe that will purge the online issues. The horns of the apocalypse. That is excellent advice, Bruce. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And may our lady, queen of heaven and earth, crush the head of Satan and all the devils that would harass us. Amen. May the precious and holy blood of Jesus, by his power, by his name, and by his authority, bind them and cast them out. Uh, Praise be to God. It's too bad that uh, YouTube has acted up this morning. Uh, Chris Velasquez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Glenn Trahan, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, Jeff Burrier has come over. From uh, from YouTube over to Facebook side. Hello, Barry, your family. Yeah, Alaric is over on our website. Uh, he says, "Wonderful." What I wonder what happened. Yeah, we don't know. It, it's unfortunate. That's the downside of the technology. Is um, unlike in radio. When radio breaks, you can go figure it out. You know, oh, this part is no longer working, so you replace that part and you get back to working again. Yeah, a lot of physical things. Yeah, but in the digital side. We're, we have our internet here, our equipment here. Then you send our, our stream up to a service that we, we use, a service called Caster. And then there's whatever might happen at their level that could go wrong. And then, of course, you have the individual platforms like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's about like seven different ways it could break. And then when they do, you're just never quite sure what exactly was the big issue. I mean, we can diagnose and troubleshoot the stuff that happens here on site. But when the stream health looks good from here to the Internet and then beyond that, it's really hard to know sometimes exactly what's causing it. And uh, that's the downside of the brave new digital world. That's one of them anyway, in addition to censorship. Uh, what do you mean by you're feeding my friends? Uh, Alaric, I'd like to know, what do you mean by feeding your friends 
animals this weekend. Like you mean like a like a barbecue or something like that? That would be fun. The last time I had a barbecue pit, <laughs> my wife called the fire department. It caught fire, had a grease fire, and uh, it got out of control. Well, not like crazy out of control, but like the the pit itself was on fire. Uh, my house wasn't going to burn down, nothing like that. But it like it burnt my like I I got a major burn on my arms or whatever. And my wife called the uh, the fire department, and the big truck showed up. The, a lot of noise, sirens, the whole deal. And I was like so embarrassed. My 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 ego was crushed. And I'm like, why did you call the fire? She's like, there's a fire. I go, yeah, and <laughs> now all the neighbors know that I can't barbecue to save my life. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be a man. I should know how to barbecue, but for whatever reason, I'm I'm incapable of it. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Uh, what else? What else is going on this weekend? Joaquin. Uh, Don says, theme walking with St. Joseph, St. Mark, and Denton. Oh, it's a men's conference in the Dallas area, you're saying. Oh, that's cool. Who are the speakers? I'd like to know. You know, also, I want to remind you that coming up on June 12th, there is the men's march up in D.C. Remember, we, we interviewed Father Imbarato. What was that, last week? So that's coming up uh, June 12th. So if you know some guys, send it to them, especially if you're in the D.C. area, making that super easy. You know, I'm, I'm a little jealous to some degree about the folks that live up in the D.C. area because they can use commuter trains. Like, it's so easy to, like, get around their state and, and uh, move quickly and easily without having to worry about cars and such. You come to Texas and forget it. I mean, you can get city buses, of course, but... It'll take a while. To yeah, get they're not any fun. As a kid, you know, I, I, growing up in San Antonio, I used to I used to take the the city bus all the time to and from school. I mean, not just the school bus, but like the city bus, the Via. We called it the Via bus. The Via. That was the like the theme song when I was a kid. And as a, I got on that bus all the time as a kid. I don't think I let my kids on a school on a public bus these days without supervision. I would be a little too nervous, I guess. You're saying you wouldn't let your kids go drive across the country in a Greyhound? Uh, I did that, too. As a kid. I did that as a kid. They had Greyhounds then? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Uh, when we did, I did a lot of Greyhound uh, trips as a kid. I, fl- I flew, I, as a child, I flew to Europe and back as a kid. I mean, all over the country. Sometimes with my sister. Some, I mean, a couple times not. Uh, with parents, with not parents. I mean... I did a lot of that stuff. At 17 years old, I drove across the country from upstate New York down to Texas by myself. I only almost died twice. It worked out fairly well. I think uh, I might do that. <laughs> you ought to. It's a great... But I did it with a map book. No, no navigation. That part. <laughs> that part. Well, that was less than optimal, but I still made it. I still made it. Didn't crash. I didn't like wreck my vehicle, although it was pretty hair-raising on two occasions. Um, I guess I can X out of the, the, the YouTube feed now. What else? Tammy says, just came over from YouTube. Yeah, I'm sorry. YouTube's crashed. We don't know what's going on over there. Uh, oh. Alaric says, go ahead. I was going to say, Alaric, uh, he said his friend asked him to watch his farm animals this weekend. I may or may <laughs> not know what I'm doing. <laughs> I thought you said feed your friend's farm Ooh, animals. You meant to feed but the animals. But you need punctuation. <laughs> 
punctuation is very important. You're not, it's like the the classic joke. Uh, it's like um, what is it like? Uh, punctuation saves grandma. lives. Yeah, punctuation saves grandma. Uh, <laughs> I totally didn't get that right at all. Oh man, I. Got- was, I like, thought we were talking about barbecue. They, uh, and you're like, no, I'm feeding farm animals. Yeah, that's, that's very, very different. <laughs> uh, but now, what, what farm animals are we referring to here? Like pigs? I mean, that's tasty stuff right there. Chicken? Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, that sounds like a breakfast to me. I don't know I if mean. you've ever seen the meme. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> commas save lives. And uh, the joke is it's uh, let's eat grandma. And it's like, let's eat, comma, grandma. And so that's a very important difference because one way you are eating grandma and the other way you're eating with grandma. So, uh, comma, save lives. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. It does change the meaning quite a bit. Big time. <laughs> that's fun, man. My kids would love to have a job like that. My, uh, We had neighbors that took a vacation. They asked... If uh, our kids can come over and feed their chickens every day. My kids loved the job. Are you kidding? If I had the opportunity and the ability, I would move to a farm now. And uh, we would do the whole thing. It would be a lot of work, but this is like my kids are at that age where this would be the time to do it. And uh, have a little homestead, have some cows and chickens and goats and, and pigs. Oh, yeah, we would do all of that in a heartbeat. It would be so amazing. Um, my father grew up, or he didn't grow up on a farm, but when he was a teenager, my grandparents bought 100 acres in Indiana, and they, they had a farm. And when I was a little boy, uh, that place was magical, magical to me. The big red barn, ice skating on the pond, swinging on the vines in the woods, the horses, you know, just roaming the property. Uh, man, magical. It was so incredible. I'd love to be able to do that for my kids someday. Uh, but he says, I do not think our parents cared if we, if we lived, uh, remember lawn darts. Yes, buddy. I do remember lawn darts. Lawn darts. Lawn darts was an excellent game. Very dangerous. It's like, it's like darts, but like with a lawn. Right? So well, what you do in lawn darts is you have, uh, you have these giant hoops, like, are like many, uh, hula hoop, like think of a hula hoop, but smaller. It's maybe, I don't know, a foot and a half wide in diameter. And uh, you set them down, one on one side, one, you know, I don't remember how many yards, 20 yards, 15 yards away or something. So you get two, two hoops on the ground. And then you have these giant darts, steel-tipped giant darts with plastic fins and a, and a handle that protrudes out the back. And then you throw the dart so that it sticks in the hoop. It's kind of a take off of uh, like horseshoes or, um, or the, uh, the beanbag toss cornhole board game it's kind of like that but with with pointy sharp objects that fly through the air it's so brilliant and they got rid of them oh they got rid of them. kind of like the uh the diving boards you know you it's hard to find i don't i don't think you can actually get a diving board in a, a pool at your house anymore really i'm i i what? could be wrong about that but I, I think that they don't install those anymore because of the insurance like home insurances won't cover it or something huh. like that because it's too dangerous. But yeah, lawn darts. Home that was a thing. Can, they can uh, enforce whether or not you do dangerous things. Uh, they, well, they you can do dangerous right? things, but will you be covered if if your neighbor's kid comes over and, and dies accidentally in your pool because of the, 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 
the diving board, they won't cover that, the expenses. Hmm. So uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Someone can correct me. I'd, be, I'd love to be corrected if that's the case. Uh, Monica says, Vivian was a little sad she didn't win the prize this week. I'm so sorry, Vivian. You, you did good, though, but wants everyone to have a great and blessed weekend, and hopefully a, a, with a little son. Yes. Praise be to God. I would love a little son because I'm, it would be uh, a nice uh, change from the constant dreary rain we've had for weeks on end. So I, I looked up lawn darts, and apparently they still make them, but they don't are no longer darts anymore. They put like metal weights on the front, yeah. so they're heavy in the front. <laughs> now they're blunt objects. Yeah, so now they're blunt objects. <laughs> they're no longer so darts. So instead of throwing sharp objects, they're throwing blunt objects. <laughs> Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> the, the levels of head trauma have evolved. And, 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 and so I'm looking at these and, uh, they're marketed for ages eight and up. Oh man. Um, <laughs> this is brilliant, man. But, okay. but I'm looking at the old ones and the old ones. <laughs> Are marketed for four and up. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, four-year-olds know how to toss a good lawn dart. Oh. Now, Maureen says, my brother was hit in the head by a lawn dart. Oh, we were kids. Goodness. It was funny at the time. Oh, man. <laughs> He's never been the same. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now, uh, oh, yeah, that's goodness. fun. Is wow, the is emoji a testament to his head injury? Because <laughs> it's wink. It's has one eye closed. I, I. Alaric uh, over on our, our, our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT says, sheep, chickens, ducks, turkeys, cats, and a dog. Oh, that sounds fun. He says, my turkeys. hands will be full. I'd probably rather be at feeding them, uh, be better at feeding them uh, to my friends. <laughs> the cats, I, I, mean, I would be better at eating them. On the cats and the dog. Personally. Yeah. The cats generally take care of themselves. Sheep, right? however, is good eating. It is very good eating sheep. Chickens, ducks. I yes, love lamb. Mm -hmm. Lamb is really good. I yes, like chicken. For sure. That's so funny. What other... Uh, Tammy said, instead of poking out somebody's eye, now you'll just give them a concussion. That's right. Exactly. Amen. That's right. And concussions are... Uh, you know, I'd rather have a concussion than no eye, to be honest. Uh, you, if you had to choose. If you I mean? had to choose. Okay. If I had to choose between the two, you know... I like my eyes. You like your, your mm -hmm. eyes? I like having two of them, specifically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Tammy says, thanks for the informative interviews in the first hour and the laughs in the second hour. Every morning to get ready for the day. Amen. Mike said, I always thought lawn darts were a bad idea, even when I was a kid playing them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another game that I used to play um, a lot as a kid with friends is with a pocket knife. Uh, so we and would you stab your hands? No. <laughs> No, no, we used to do that. We would throw. So the idea was, you would you take a pocket knife and you'd throw it in, stick it into the ground, and so Bye, you, Bruce. you would uh, you'd be hanging out with your friend, and your friend's going to stand, I don't know, three four feet from you, and you throw the pocket knife, and it sticks into the ground, and where it sticks, they have to put their foot. It's kind of like uh, what was that game with you spin it and you got the uh, like the Russian roulette. No, 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 no. You get the, the one oh, game where you have like the twister. pad. Twister. It's kind of like, it's like, it's like a version of Twister. With a knife? Yeah, but with a knife. You throw the knife and you put your foot down and then, uh, and then, so you keep throwing the knife and the idea is to make them fall over because they can't stand up anymore because it's, you know, crazy. So the, I know you played this game where you like, when you get your hand and you put the knife 
in your in between your fingers. <laughs> we did that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's we, what I was referring people to. People would do that in school with pencils, though. We would use a knife. Yeah. We'd just get it. Sorry, yeah. mom. I don't know if you're listening. I know it's whoops. You see how common sense uh, it can be really lacking in some cases. I guess that's what we're illustrating. That's here. why we should raise the voting age and yeah. not lower it. And and just to be just uh, just to we don't do this at home. Okay, don't do these things. I'm I'm sharing with him with you so that you will realize uh, these these things aren't wise and you shouldn't do them. So especially you, Sienna and Jonah, if you're listening, don't do these things. Don't take up knives and start throwing them. <laughs> All of that. Don't do any of that. Buddy said, I made some people mad when I was at a zoo and commented, what a delicious, what a delicious looking animal. <laughs> Ouch. What you, do, what you should do is you go, like a, you go find the uh, most rare animal you can, you can find, the most endangered species, and you stand next to it licking your lips be like, that would look good on my plate. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, what is mumbly peg? I played it too. We were stupid. Yes, yes. We is that what you called the knife game? Uh, I didn't. I didn't have a name for it. it just, oh, that's just what we played. Mumbly. But peg. Susan also says it's mumbly peg with pocket knives. I didn't actually. I'm learning that. I didn't yeah, know. I didn't know there was a name. I didn't know there was a name. We just. We just did it. Uh, <laughs> the loser of the game had to take it out with his teeth. It was appears in Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Oh my. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. Th- thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, I'm gonna go play this when I get home. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm a not. wise. And I'll see if my brother will play with me. Dumb idea, but okay. My brother's home from for college, so oh, we can go man. and do uh, things like this. It'll be fun. Mumbly peg. I still have a pencil tattoos from my youth. <laughs> you mean like when you were, you put uh, tattoos on your hand or something with with your pencils? And my uh, my wife dislikes it when our kids mark themselves up with markers or whatever. But it, they always do, don't they? Oh, boy. My brain is shut off today. I was like half asleep the whole show. I I felt like I was just dragging. Dragging away, especially in the first hour, but I don't know what it is about the second hour, too. As soon as the the radio site ends, the brain just wants to go to nap again. Great conversation, though, this uh, this morning with Bree Dale and um, Kennedy Hall. Poor, I feel bad for Kennedy in some ways. Yeah, me too. Of course, I feel bad for all the Canadians going through, like, sort of the confusion, the diabolical confusion that's going on up there. But <clears throat> at the same time, with Kennedy in particular, if you read his text, you can really see that, like, you know, he, there's a struggle there for him. Personally, he would like to find a way out for his family, but not, you know, he, he sort of... Well, he didn't sort of. He actually made it clear it's harder for a Canadian to get into America than other people. Why is that? Why is that? If we're going to have these sort of uh, border policies Mm -hmm. that we do that's creating such a crisis right now, why is the southern border more special than the northern border in that regard? I guess because Canada says, like, they don't want the Canadians to leave. Well, you know, it's hard to get into Canada, too, by the way. Yeah. Now, when I used to live in New England before 9-11... You could just drive across that border. You get to the border gate. They're like, okay, where are you going? Oh, we're going to go here. We're going to go do this, this, and that. You're going to be back, you know, later this day or tomorrow. Okay, great. Have a good trip. They check your ID and they move you on. After 9-11, you had to have your passport. Like, Mm -hmm. all bets were off at that point. You had to have a passport to get across that border. Um, But I remember when I got out of the Marine Corps, I actually, I looked into immigrating to Canada. Interesting. Uh, uh, the the reason I wanted to was I thought it might be interesting 
to serve in the Canadian military. Wow. And so I was looking into the options of what it would take to to immigrate to Canada. And this was in the, the mid early mid-90s. And um, and I just out of pure curiosity, I didn't have any real love or, a, a, you know, allegiance to Canada. I just thought it'd be interesting. It'd be kind of interesting to serve in a foreign military uh, at the time. <clears throat> and when I looked into it, it was hard. They're like, we don't just take anybody. You got to have some value and worth to our community for us to consider you. What do you bring to the table in this relationship that we should consider you as a potential citizen of this country? I was like, my, I was mind blown by that. Um, now, maybe America does this something similar, but I doubt it's even close to the mm-hmm. same level. But in yeah. a way, uh, the saying, as the saying goes, rejection is Jesus's protection. Huh? Yeah. Rejection is Jesus's protection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What does that mean? So, so if you get rejected, that means God's protecting you from something. <laughs> yeah, you for making its own decision. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me more than once in life, and praise God for it. Susan Weber says it's the only border that's totally closed. I know. Let that sink in. For, and that's another point too. Uh, thinking about border closings and the sort of the hypocrisy in the conversation. Um, in China. When it became obvious that the COVID was a real issue and it was a f- spreading across China, the communist CCP party closed all internal travel, but they did not close international flights out of Wuhan. Let that sink in for a moment. You couldn't travel within the country. And I remember, if I remember correctly, they were struggling because they came up to the Chinese New Year and people were like, it's the biggest party of the year. We're going to go back to our villages and we got to, we're going to, you know, do our thing. And so they were trying to lock people down, but people were still moving and they, they locked down the internal travel of, of, of their citizens, but you could still travel internationally from the city of Wuhan. Why is that? That seems rather peculiar. So there's a lot of weirdness that goes on in these, in this pandemic time. I think it's diabolical confusion. Mike said it has absolutely nothing to do with the drawing on his hand, it said he said it was from being stabbed by the pencil. Oh, now oh. I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That, you guys were serious about it then. If you still have wounds from when you were a kid playing that game, like if the scar is still there, that's crazy. Oh, that must man. have been a serious a puncture. That's a little. In, yeah, when that's you a get little too intense. into the game, very intense. All right. Well, praise be to God. We're coming to the end of it. Uh, let's see, Friday we're going to be talking, or Monday, we're going to be talking to a TFP member out of France. There was a story um, that probably got underreported, in my opinion. There was a, a procession in France, and Antifa attacked the procession, and blood was drawn. Like, there was a crazy picture of somebody with the blood all over them. And so we're going to try to get some information about what is the situation there. Um, so that'll be on Monday. Now, starting Tuesday... All the way to Friday is going to be our summer share where we raise money for our apostolate. And we're a 501c3. We, are, uh, we live off of donations from listeners. We do not get a check from any diocese. We do not get a check from the, from the Holy See in Rome. We don't get any money. Opus Dei? We, oh, Opus Dei. I know. We get accused. There's somebody who, who, who loves to accuse us of being Opus Dei funded. Let me tell you something. Um, Opus Dei doesn't fund anything outside of Opus Dei. <laughs> what about George Soros? I was told we get George, money from George Soros. George, this is, there was an article this morning, and I think it was Epic Times. George Soros received bailout money during the uh, the stimulus bailout uh, packages that got passed. 
Uh, the, the billionaire George Soros received bailout money. Let that sink in. But we didn't receive that. We didn't receive George Soros money or Opus Dei money or or any money from the Vatican. You know, that's one of my favorite jokes. I, I tell it every share But uh, we it's our listeners. Our listeners make it possible to get up early, to come in here, to do our jobs, to keep Catholic Radio on the air. And, um, and we're grateful for that. I mean, that's the wind in the sail. So praise be to God. So we have to do it uh, four times a year. We ask for, for help. Uh, we're always asking for help. But generally speaking, we do four big pushes a year. We call them share It starts Tuesday. It goes to Friday. And how that affects us is our first hour is normal. Our second hour is not. So starting on Tuesday all the way to Friday, we will not be doing a second hour like this. Our second hour will be pushed back to like 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern, and we'll be a share hour. We are asking for our listeners to support our, our apostolate. So that starts Tuesday through Friday, so keep that in mind. We'll, we will remind you again on Monday. All right? Well, God love you. Praise be to God. It was fun to hang out with you and chat and, and talk and just hang out. I love that about the show, actually. And uh, have a great weekend. Hopefully you'll go to First Saturday Mass and or First Friday Mass, too, and, and have a peaceful weekend. Well, we're going to see you on Monday, and I think Monday we're going to have an extra guest. We'll announce it on Monday morning. We'll see you then. God bless you. God love you. Have a great week, and keep us in your prayers. We're praying for you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on 